either Melissa has a cat or she is just going through a phase. Welcome to Campbell and Cohen's Cookie Quarantine. I'm Seamus Campbell. I'm Ben Cohen. And we are joined by Melissa Shapiro, who is the first vice chair of the Disability Issues Caucus in Young Democrats America. So I'm her boss, though she likes really? to think otherwise. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's how I'm going to introduce it. <laughs> You are the person who is officially in charge of the caucus, yes. Also known as the boss. Yeah, well, but but Seamus, what do you say to others when people when you at, when others ask about me and about uh, and like anything I do? Uh, the, she's completely subservient to me, uh, and she will do whatever I tell her to. However, she's also my top advisor, probably. Oh, really? What he says is that I just get out of Melissa's way. Like, I'll put stuff by you. It's like, hey, I have this idea. Should I not? Like, it's basically I'm looking for no. And generally, he doesn't say no. So many vibes because, in this conversation right now. Because, see, here's the thing. I'll usually just not care. There's a difference between saying no and not caring. Well, that's what I'm looking for is the no. Yeah, you're usually not going to get that from me. And whose fault is that? And it's turned out pretty well for us so far. You've said no before. I'm trying to recall a time. Well, I mean, they are very low. And like, obviously it's not like, and I think it's just more of like, hey, that's not really our place. It's more of sometimes I have to say like, yeah, I'll try to keep people in line, but that's about it. But uh, yeah, usually it's more of- in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just the dynamic between you two is, is truly remarkable. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. The, like, the whole thing, the whole resolution in Birmingham that like says that we like supporting people with disabilities that are, uh, as you run for president, that was all very vaguely attacking um, uh, Marilyn Williamson. But we, of course, since she couldn't was still a candidate, we couldn't say anything. We couldn't say her name. If it makes you feel better, I mean, how likely is it that she remembered she was still a candidate in December? She's still paying people. Well, she's still not paying people. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I did run out, like, because basically I didn't, uh, in Indianapolis, I basically, when she came on stage, I bolted out because um, I didn't trust myself to not start shouting, which we were asked not to do. I got in the selfie line just because I couldn't nod. It was a novelty thing. And I'm just going to say, she was, after all the jokes, actually wearing a crystal around her neck. Um, so she didn't, well, she let me down in one respect, because I, ever since I heard that she was going to come, you know, the day before, um, for listeners who either weren't at the YDA convention in Indianapolis last summer, or, you know, are like the two people that aren't in YDA who listen to this, Marianne Williamson literally announced the day before she spoke that she was going to be speaking at the YDA National Convention last summer. And because she was an active presidential candidate, even if, you know, she was Marianne Williamson, they couldn't really tell her no. Well, I did uh, kind of like that route. Yeah. People not really being able to tell people no. I know. It's, it's quite a thing. So I had all these jokes for the next day about how I hoped she would have, like, campaign logo branded, uh, you know, spirit crystals or something like that. That part she didn't do. And frankly, One person I, yeah. actually was saying to me, uh, like while she's speaking, because of course no one actually was paying attention to a single word she was saying. Of course not. Uh, Edith says, "Who? Uh, uh, I'm definitely certain. That, and tell me where I'm wrong. He, she's going to make uh, a Himalayan, Himalayan salt crystal for Health and Human Services Secretary. Oh, likely, yes. Yes. Which I just had to like do like a quick look up in my head of the U.S. Constitution. I'm like." Pretty sure that's not not illegal. Exactly, because the president's council, like the cabinet, isn't that not in the constitution? It says you can create like advisors and stuff subject to, and the those ministers all are subject to sign up uh, confirmation. Yeah, and yep. so yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be a person. But for anyone who poo pooed me about like my vitriol, because I found a lot of stuff she said was just outright. Uh, Effect, offensive and disrespectful for people with disabilities, especially people with chronic health conditions. She said a lot of stuff in the past. For anyone who goes, oh, she was just a novelty candidate. She had no chance. I got one word. 2016, when friends of mine, when Donald Trump 
first said he was running for the Republican uh, Republican candidacy. Oh, there's Furiosa saying hello. Uh, I said, oh, don't take this seriously. It's a, just a joke. Nothing will happen. So I will never say that about any candidate again. I can sort of appreciate that. I think there is a different kind of populism that Democrats subscribe to than Republicans. So, yeah. you know. Sorry, stuff is shaking. Furiosa's walking around on my um, sewing table, which is a temporary setup. Don't worry. We like to have the video on when we record, but this is, you know, we release this as an audio medium. So, because okay. I had seen you post pictures of like the video before. So I was like, that was where the five minutes came out. It's like, oh crap, I should put some makeup on. Yeah. Actually brush my hair. You know, I've been telling Seamus to start wearing more makeup before we record these for like two months. So if he's not going to, and he's the host, you Well, don't. and I mean, I say makeup. My makeup is tinted moisturizer. Okay. I just grow a beard, uh, yeah. and I'm calling that good. Yeah. Well, sorry. What was that is I broke the chair I had been using last night. I was really sad, uh, or no, on Friday night, actually, right as I was getting ready for the Cards Against Humanity tournament. And it, uh, and it just like went down and it was a really nice kind of portable chair. And it just like kind of the thing split. So I am using until I find another chair, uh, my, um, the one that my, that I usually, you'll see me walking around with that I use for like a portable stool. Uh, and it's very, very not stable, which is the whole point is a portable stool, not a chair. And so when Furiosa jumped off of me, you know, the physics rock. <laughs> sorry, that like, is that something you want to edit out just at dead time with me explaining hi, sorry, the camera just shook? No, that actually usually makes for the best stuff. You should Violent. listen, you should hear uh, our, what is undoubtedly our best episode, Jack Blanchard. <laughs> just go back and listen to that. It is something to behold. Oh, I listened to the first one and then like, cause usually I'll listen to podcasts at work, but since I've been working from home, typically what I'll do is I'll like put something kind of silly on like on Netflix or Amazon prime in the background to kind of keep me go like, so that I don't get distracted really. So because of that, I haven't been keeping up with all the podcasts I listen to, which is only yeah. like a couple, but you weren't, but this is in the rotation. Um, but yeah, as just before you got on, we were saying actually the only thing that we re I really edit out is um, things that are either like a little bit too personal about people or any sort of crimes. So the first one, def I think, well, uh, I do go into TMI a lot. No, we do that a lot. No, okay, it, this okay. like this would be like revealing uh, innermost thoughts about people and like your undying love and stuff like that. Because like one time I did mention a crush of mine, so I edit that out. Because I, I gave enough about uh, identifying the information that the person could have been figured out. So I had to take that out. Definitely. Oh, I could use this opportunity because, which you might want to edit out, to say like people think I don't like as well. So I have no problem with like we used to be a lot closer friends, but then like I got off the exec uh, for the state and because big part I was having a severe generalized anxiety disorder episode again which we didn't real which i didn't realize until like eight months later when like changed medication and it was like oh this explains so much about why i've basically been kind of nutty uh for why i was basically making everything worse and making everything into drama that did not need to be and they're like oh you don't like rebecca and i was like no absolutely that's not the case we're friends would you say an almond or a cashew? Well, so I did, I told my therapist, I was like, I'm worried oh, that it, I- oh, It went over your head, didn't it? Nutty, get it? Types of nuts. No, I was trying to clarify where I was going by nuttiness. And I was like, I'm, I actually told my therapist, it's like, I'm worried maybe I've developed borderline personality disorder, which I do, there's feeling my family with that. So I'm aware of that. And my therapist had to say, no, Melissa. One, whenever you have big anxiety, you try to diagnose yourself with a new condition. And two, you don't have this. Three, let's get you in with your psychiatrist and kind of feel what's doing. And it was basically the meds that I'd been on for years, like stopped their effectiveness. And it was just over months getting worse and worse. And then there was some 2018 election drama within Massachusetts. So elections causing drama and anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. I, there was I mean, like how uh, your attorney general had winnable race and didn't win a bull race. Winnable race. Attorney no, he won a bull race. He was supposed to race bulls and win, and he didn't, and he let the mayor <laughs> stay down. Mara Healy, our attorney general, easily run re-election. Oh, I thought you ran for a governor. 
and lost. Oh, no, no. Jay Gonzalez was the candidate, was a Democratic candidate uh, for governor who he lost. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I wasn't, um, so there are some other issues going on in the state that, um, and that got my primary focus because of the industry that I'm in. Um, I work in um, healthcare where I'm a statistician and I work at a safety net hospital in Massachusetts. So I keep wanting to go, let's not talk about that issue in 2018 because it's still, there's still some high feelings there. Just saying 2018 went great for Kansas. Yeah, that was awesome. Going great for New York. And actually really well for Texas because there absolutely was a Beto bump because um, I'm like a huge Beto O'Rourke supporter. He was my candidate. There was lots of tears. But but the really exciting thing, so this is my story. So there was, we did see a huge Beto bump in that two House seats were flipped Democrat. And the really big thing is one of them was the one I used to live in, in um, North Texas. Um, and so when I was in, I was at the University of Texas at Dallas. Um, and in 2004 was the first um, one after, uh, first election after there's some redistricting. And so they gerrymandered um, previously two districts so that there were two, um, in, so that there were two incumbents that then had to run against each other for the same one. The first incumbent was uh, Martin, was the Democrat Martin Frost, who had been, uh, I think, over 20 years in the House. And the other one was Republican Pete Sessions, who was a Neanderthal. And I actually made sure to live on the part of campus that got me in that district, specifically so I could vote for Martin Frost. And like, he lost because gerrymandering. But, but, but in 2018, um, I am still so like, I still get here. Like it was, that was pretty devastating for me. Like that loss, like that was just really sucky. I had been involved in the college Dems and kind of like, kind of checked out of Texas politics after that. Cause it's just like, I feel like nothing like, like, it's like, there's nothing I can do here. It was really downtrodden. Uh, if they don't work ever runs again, I already came up with like some great campaign merch. I'm not done with my story. You can get to it when you're done. <laughs> Yeah, so the campaign merch actually would be a folding table with his logo and all that, but it has to like guarantee it can support your weight. Take that, her story. That's just a stool, <gasps> but a bit of no, it's a full, full folding table because he always stood on tables, so you can say bring your own place to stand for something. And he's already so tall. He did stand like when he came to Massachusetts. I think he stood on a box, so not a full table. I said no, he, was stand, he was standing on tables. He was standing on counters. He always stood on some. If you gave and him. I love it. Food. I love that. I love that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Also, but, Ben, were you crying? Like because you were laughing so hard? Yeah, a little. This is the first time I've ever seen you cry. It, it, it's the I'm really amused by the random way you guys are bickering sort of cry. This is uh, what we do. It is delightful. Yeah, it's delightful. It's fun. We annoy the heck out of each other, and we're good friends. If you're hearing whimpering now, it's just my dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it was. But anyway, so the end of my story is that um, is that there was um, Colin Allred um, was running for the district, challenging Martin Fra uh, not challenging Pete Sessions, and he beat Pete Sessions. He flipped the seat, and like. So much of that. So Colin Aldred is, is a representative in Congress. He's been kicking ass. He's been doing lots of outreach in the district as well. And I love him so much. I am so happy. I like when I first saw that it was actually viable. I like was like, let me donate money to flip my old district. And like I, when I did meet Beto O'Rourke, I did. I thanked him for that, for helping that. And again, with the big long story. And I mean, I still tear up when thinking about it because it just makes me so happy. And the one seat I really wish was just flipped because I hate that person so much in Texas. Louis Gohmert. What part of the state was that? He had to ask. I, I honestly can't even remember his district. Because yeah. it but is. Still, because, but no, just like, so Louis Gohmert is just a freaking crazy person. Yeah. And so. And Texas also, politician. Yeah, too shy. Texas uh, Republican politician. So for, I remember like the conspiracy theories, he also loves to spout or just, ugh, I can't even. Like, I, I don't want to keep my brain power that much, but. At one point, someone decided to just uh, vandalize his Wikipedia page and put it in that he was voted the dump by his colleagues the dumbest member of Congress, which of course is unverifiable. I know the person who did it. Actually, Ben, you know this person too, uh, as someone who has aged out of Young Democrats. <laughs> I mean, but, that still leaves a lot. Still a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, that, that's, that's, that's on, on on air or I will tell you afterward because of course I have to then edit out. But, that that so, does not surprise me. Like, I mean, I but actually that story ended up making the hill that someone vandalized. That's so funny. And yeah. I was, I, so this person told me what they had done. And so I texted him and I said, 
uh, you know, I feel like I should maybe contact the reporter and have them tell them, give them their contact information, you know, so this way they can get a full statement from you. He just goes, well, like, please don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's, what harm is there? If anything, you're helping your, bring your cause about. Yeah, but, but no, that's the sort of thing. It's like, especially if he like works in that area in like in DC and all that stuff. Obviously like stuff that's funny that you can kind of do like to the side is, hey, there's this funny thing. I have no idea who did it, but dot, 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 public issue. And I mean, I did something like this too locally um, last year. Um, it was, well, it's kind of political. It was local political in that um, the um, big uh, Massachusetts, um, the M MBTA Massachusetts, like the Bay Transit, whatever our transit or MBTA, I'm blanking what B stands for. Uh, they were closing down half of a parking lot in my area for a big commuter rail line with minimal notice. And they had like for that parking lot, they had put like some flyers out on cars parked there. And I was like, this is BS. They didn't know one should do that. And so I made um signs that said um that said um i forget precisely what they said i mean i went to the dollar store where they know me uh i live across the road from it and so they like they they actually they a lot of times they ask oh you're so you're a teacher and the very first time i was like um i make a lot of signs for political stuff and ever since then it's just easier just to say yeah sure teacher uh <laughs> But um, they said, um, and they're like, uh, warning, like half park, uh, will lose half its parking spaces starting Monday, plan, uh, be prepared. And so I got, also got like just some blue tacks that they were really easy to take down. And I put two in each, um, in each area, for, in each of the four stations that this impacted. Um, and they got like taken down immediately, but it's cool. The whole point was basically say, it's like, hey, you're not notifying people who are going to need this, who are going to get there on Monday and suddenly it's like holy crap this parking lot has just like cut in half and it was a whole thing locally um and then there was and I was kind of I actually spoken to a lawyer about this I was like yeah so could they come back and get me like I mean I'm perfectly fine using my you know middle class white woman privilege for all that happily to do so I was you know polite with folks and like made it so they were easy removers so it wasn't a, so it wouldn't be a mess for anyone to take down but it was all like kind of to make a point. And so I spoke with actually with a reporter about this, like uh, when they're the first weekend that they're um, like right before they're closing it down and we met in that parking lot. And the two people with me, I was like, oh yeah, Melissa put up signs, which then got taken down. And I was like, I was trying to use plausible deniability. Basically I uh, made some lawyers laugh by my question over like what was potentially maybe a misdemeanor. If your lawyer is laughing, either you're not in as much trouble as you think, or they know that they're going to be getting a lot of billable hours and they are having a hard time containing their happiness. Oh, no, no. It was like, no, no bill. Yeah, no. It was like, oh God, that's hilarious. You, Of course you did that, Melissa. Or well, also ones where you've opened up a very uh, <laughs> interesting legal question for them that they... I, so the eve of the 2016 election, I was having uh, dinner with two friends and one of us, Mike Corbett actually, he and I are discussing the whole idea of ballot selfies, which are illegal in the state of New York. So he and I, as we're discussing, he said, we come up with an idea, which is that, uh, would it be illegal if you take a photo of yourself with a blank ballot, then Photoshop in your choices. So I post this on Facebook later, like, about this and someone comments about who's a, fr a friend of mine who's a lawyer he says about to go to bed reads this damn it campbell so what i actually ended up doing though so we were going to send out an email blast to our membership on uh like this is how you're supposed to, this is what your ballot should look like you know hillary clinton at the top with the circle filled then it was charles schumer because uh, then after that it's those are the only two statewide candidates uh and of course going to our statewide membership and all that this is what your ballot should look like and so i actually did do the extra mile of filling out all that in photoshop I actually use fireworks which is what i prefer it's a different story send to him of course corbett drops the ball and doesn't send out the email that's actually probably a good thing because i know in massachusetts the reason so you can do a selfie with like a blank ballot but the reason you can't do a completed ballot is because that's related to um to pay for vote to like kind of confirm mm -hmm. look i voted for this person but in 2016 i then lost the phone so i didn't have this picture i did take an illegal selfie with my filled in Hillary Clinton, because I was really excited about that, and then lost the phone well, for that. So the that way that actually the statute, at least in New York, is written is like if you're uh, showing it for distribution, 
So for me, I've actually done ballot selfies, but I've never shared it with anyone else. These are all like in my personal files and all that. Only oh, I have access to. Yeah. So I did this actually, I voted, I either voted early or yeah, I think I voted early. Um, and then I was, um, volunteering at the um, Boston office for the Hillary campaign the entire day of election day. And I mentioned that to like the head volunteer and she was like, Oh, um, that who was like the head uh, or no, she wasn't a volunteer, but who was the head of the operation and who also had done um, lots of, um, she had been like polls leaders and she's like, Oh, if you had done that, if I'd been aware of you'd done that, I would have, I would have shut that site down for like no selfies, no complete ballot selfies. Then I bet you wouldn't have approved you putting filters on them either. Give, well, give your fun. ballot like dog ears or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe look like a Ooh. pirate. Since I'm gonna be doing uh, absentee, now I'm, now I'm like thinking about it. Like maybe I'll do like some like ballot selfie or something, you know, photoshopped in with my choices. Like what kind of filters would I put in? I would recommend if you do the Photoshop is to fill it in with a color that is not acceptable. So like when I say you have to fill it out with blue or black, like fill it out with pink or red or something so that it is evidently, so that it is very obviously not a completed ballot. Fill it out uh, turquoise and intentionally misspell the names of candidates. Like for write-ins? Like where are you writing names of candidates on your ballot unless you're doing a write-in? You, well, you can you can do right. Yeah. If it's Photoshop, I could do that. Or yes, do write in. No, I'm so I, I also can do write ins and stuff. Just in like uh, even in primaries in New York, we have a blank space for write ins. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I made sure it was. I actually reached out to our Secretary of State to find that out for the our for the Massachusetts Democratic primary way back in start of March, which was now a million years ago. Uh, but really happened. Yeah, and time does not have any meaning at all. No. No, and the top, yeah, and because a sample ballot did not have that empty, like that open space for a write-in, because at the time I was still thinking, hmm, Massachusetts primary, my vote probably won't make a difference because I was not interested in supporting neither Warren nor Sanders in the primary. I'm very happy with the work that they've done in the Senate. Uh, I love my Senator Elizabeth Warren. She's just great, but I've been saying the whole time I'm not supporting them in the presidential, can uh, presidential candidacy because we need a more moderate individual. But I was debating, it's like, should I write, just write in Beto O'Rourke? And then I didn't, because then I was initially went on to Amy Klobuchar for like two weeks. And then fortunately, I did not vote early and just planned to wait on election day because she dropped out the day before. And so that did change my vote. And it was actually cool because my vote ended up mattering, which was really exciting because I wasn't expecting that for the Democratic primary for Massachusetts. See, in Kansas, um, we, we just had our primary pretty recently. And, you know, we switched last minute to all mail-in for obvious reasons. Good, good. Most people got their ballots the day of or the day after Bernie Sanders announced that he was suspending. So we had this whole grand plan when we made our, you know, our primary date May last year. Like, oh, It'll be a bit later because the DNC will grant you extra delegates for that. But we figure there'll still be three or four people in the race. It'll be great. It'll still matter. And then, of course, everything went completely and utterly cockeyed, um, which, in fairness, a bunch of us sitting in a room last year couldn't have predicted. Um, but yeah. That was yeah, because, of course, all politics, it actually does happen in smoke-filled back rooms, yes. Like, to the, dear listeners, dear, dear listeners, we do actually... Everything that you think about politics with us doing it in smoke-filled back rooms is all corrupt dealings. You know, we're all on the take. It's all completely true. Legally. Where can I send my paycheck, my pay stubs then, man? Because I got some timesheets here I would love to get paid for. A lot of people don't know this, but legally, if at least two people in a committee are not smoking cigars, none of their decisions are binding. I love this. And all the things is like, although, oh, yep, it was people in smoke-filled back rooms that made all the other candidates drop out. It's like, one... No, no com DNC conspiracy because DNC right. is hurting Not cats. Okay. It's like people working with each other and candidates talking with each other and coming up with stuff that they want to do. Yeah, that's just, that's what happens in with elected officials too. That's how stuff- Wait, wait hold on. No, 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 none, of, none of what Melissa is saying is true. Actually, because everything that you're hearing on Twitter that's completely factual, wake up sheeple. He did this, us, the establishment with chemtrails. I don't like, like yes. Oh, and, I, flor and fluoride in your water. We can't forget I mean, that. Fluoride is how we laid the foundation. Yes. Yes. 
you, you see, like, I, I, like, okay, I know where this is going, but I also, like, at the same time, I just want to be like, no, people take stuff out of context all the time. That's jokes. And, like, there's stuff I don't have much chill about. Oh, see, here's the thing, Melissa. If you actually were, like, a regular listener, you'd know that we also like to discuss uh, conspiracy theories. Yeah, I know. I, like, and, and I know. Sometimes they're not even about Tiger King, but yes. Yes. Uh, but, like, like, for instance, birds are not real. Long discussion about that a few weeks ago. Yeah, I think we, I think we just broke Melissa. She's completely yeah. silent. Doesn't want to talk now. Oh, the, we our birds real. I just looked over to my cat who enjoys yelling at the birdies outside to get in her mouth. No, see, that, no, those are actually all CIA cameras. They know what you've done. They're on. As to long you. as they entertain my cat, I'm perfectly happy with fake birds. Your cat is one of them. My cat is not a fake bird. She exists. No, your cat's a CIA sleeper agent. She's Scottish. Yeah, and foreign she would like an MI agent. And also, the CIA legit actually did try training cats to work as agents. That doesn't surprise me at all. My like, cat is everyone who's not me, so it would be very surprising. It was like it's just more of if she could be trained to be a sleeper agent, I'd just be more mm-hmm. impressed about how they were how they were able to get her to like be in the same room as them. So actually what they would do is that they uh, were trying to train cats and they would just like walk along people that they were following and with secret recording devices. So it's like no one would like be any of the wiser. Meanwhile, they're able to like get all these bad guys and stuff. What they did is they trained cats to recognize when their targets uh, had anything valuable inside cups and then to, you know, strategically knock them off of tables. That too. That would work. Like, well, the thing is for cats, that you, it's like, it's more of you can train them, but they just have to want to do it. They want to defend their country, Melissa. Well, like, yeah. I guess if you give them enough treats, maybe, but like... The treat is freedom. Not to a cat. Cats have their own freedom. That's what they, now they do, and they know how to defend that. Freedom isn't free. It costs treats. America. Fuck Yeah. yeah. Oh man, when that film came out, like that was like the most graphic sex scene I had ever seen at that point. Trey Parker and Matt Stone, they truly are geniuses. Well, I'm still, it's back when I was still a big fan of them and still watching South Park and everything, like back in college, when I was in college. Mm-hmm. South Park, like I don't watch it at, anymore really, but, it, but however, it still holds up. Except for like that one season, like in 2016, when they decided to go episodic as opposed to like just like one-off storylines. Some of that stuff is still pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. It is still funny. Yeah, I think I haven't really been watching it since like 2010. Every time, every now and then I will like just call myself, say that I'm a sad panda. I can't say I haven't done the same. I think I've heard that reference, but I mean, I just assumed like sad panda is sad. It's an old no. South Park. There is a uh, anti-sexual discrimination or no sexual harassment. Harassment. Mascot, a man in a panda suit. And he's, and every time somebody commits an action of sexual harassment, he says it makes him a sad panda. <laughs> this is an old episode. That this, sounds this vaguely is like, familiar. This is like 1999, 2000-ish. God, South Park's been around a long time. And they used to have a website online that you could, that someone just put up and like you could watch like episodes for free. Mm-hmm. We call so, that the Pirate Bay, but yes. No, this was like kind of before Pirate Bay. Like I know also South Park South Park Studios, like they actually put up all their episodes for free. Yep. Like it was them I themselves. That catalog, like back in 2009-2010. Sidebar, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, come on the show. We know you're listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, actually, like every year I do watch around the holidays all the South Park Christmas episodes. <laughs> yes. Which honestly, I would totally take a piece of shit over a big fat man who like takes like, who goes and visits children after getting letters from them any day you know, I, already, I already was sort of iffy on some of the things that y'all gentiles celebrate like some of the ways you do it you just made it sound infinitely worse yeah mm-hmm. santa claus is grooming these children he really is oh, like, it's all it's, it's all it's, it's all a communist plot expecting free stuff you know Oh my god, I got in so much trouble when I was um, like an early teen, um, the first Christmas that my stepfamily lived with us because they were, my stepmother and stepsisters were Catholic and my father and my sister and I were Jewish. And um, we had, obviously we had never done Santa Claus. It was always like Hanukkah gifts. And it was just, the thing was, it's like, ooh, I wonder where the presents are hid. And that year I saw that they were in the basement because that's where I practiced the trumpet because it's loud and annoying otherwise. and I was like, ooh. Just I like yourself. What? Just like yourself. 
Exactly. Yes. I played the perfect instrument for myself. Like anytime, like I go, Hmm, I wonder what instrument, like what instrument are you most likely to play? I've had someone say the flute and I'm like, the flute, have you not met me? I am very obviously a trumpet player. That or bagpipes. Ooh. <laughs> Those are hard and they're heavy. I think we need just an entire wind section at a conference sometime, just for effect. Well, like I usually bring, like it might be carry on. I do own a trumpet. I could bring it with me, if, Melissa. If you still know how to play. I own a trumpet. I'm out of pla- I'm out of practice. I haven't played in ages. I'm apologizing to nobody for whatever ensues from this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> well, whenever the next meeting has, oh, oh, for the next meeting, I do have halfway done. Yeah. They just need some backs on them. Oh, listeners, those are uh, United States of America or continental United States of America shaped uh, button or buttons with pins. a little heart and pins, and they say YDA KCK. Yeah, with and there's a little sparkly heart in the middle because the th- I was so excited when I found this. It's a big punch, like paper punch, that was the continental US, and it also has a little heart bit in it too. So I was like, well, I mean, I have all these hearts, I might as well put sparkly on them and make them work. So they're just about ready to go. I need to glue stuff on the back. However, we all know that the Puerto Rico, the Hawaii, and the Alaska delegations are going to take offense at that. I mean, I can't help it. This was the pin that this was the, I can, I will bring along the stamp with me to show like, I am sorry. This is what it's, this is what's available. You are obviously just going to show your nativism. That's all. No, the issue is the company that makes the whole punches, that makes the paper punches. But you bought it. You, you chose to go down that route of nativism. This is why you but there is no option place. available that has the additional bit. And also, how would I put that on? Like, that would, like, in order to have them the correct places, I need to have, like, some sort of wire set up. He wants you to do something very elaborate. I mean... You have the time. It's not like we're not going anywhere. Masks. I'm, like, here at my sewing machine, like, sewing loads and loads of masks. Oh, yeah, babe, by the way, if anyone needs any cloth masks, I've been happy to post them out. I'm not going to lie. I've, I'm building up a little bit of a collection. I've got just some generic ones that, you know, my parents gave me. My, my dad's a doctor, so he just had access to them. Yeah. Um, I've got one on the way that said that's uh, from a fine establishment in Kansas City called Ray Gun that says resting mask face. <laughs> and another one with the logo of Sporting Kansas City, my soccer team, so... I'm going to have some variety. I'm going to have a rotation. Yeah. Not well, like- you see, cause so I'm currently, I got 10 yards of this deep, this deep Royal blue, like cotton slash polyester poplin. I thought it was only cotton, but apparently there's a bit of polyester mixed into it there. And I was like, you know, I could make this like kind of young Dems branded, but like I haven't cause one, like I could do like kind of sparkly cut out iron on vinyl letters and put them on. But I'm actually worried about putting, attaching anything on here because that would be potentially like something that would carry, like that would hold bacteria or just gunk that you might necessarily not want. But yeah. but I make these two that they have um, space inside that you can put a fill, that you can put some sort of filter in to increase it, to like increase it. Bit. Oh, and the other thing I heard, which I haven't put together yet, but like I read online that someone had kind of done a study and they found that if you basically put like pantyhose, like parts of pantyhose, like a, like on top of your mask, so like kind of, you cut a hole like out of a circle of panty, uh, the pantyhose and it basically puts your, the mask tight against your face, kind of flushes it, it's flush against your face. And then it's actually almost as effective as like proper masks, like proper, like N95 masks. But if I use it on masks, how will I have pantyhose? Well, exactly. Well, actually, I went to the dollar store and got a couple dollar pantyhose for this to try it out. But see, the problem is then you also have like a circle of pantyhose around your face. I mean, there are any number of scenarios where that could happen. I I think they all tell their own stories. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like, and and then it also, I guess, would depend on your skin color too, the debate on on the potential outcome for going around with pantyhose on top of your face. Hashtag quarantine porn. No, look, no, the thing is, so quarantine, like this is, because this has come up um, prior about this is like, so there's no point in like wearing masks if you are breaking quarantine to hook up with someone because exchange of bodily fluids from that, it's like, that's completely, like that negates the purpose of using the mask in the first place. That's why it's so dangerous and so hot. Well, then you might as well not use masks. Then using masks are pointless. It's stupid. Then don't use masks. I'm trying like, to think. Masks like- are a finite supply right now. We don't need to waste them on porn. That's why, you know, what was it? Uh, various, like, various porn studios who would do, like, medical-related porn or whatever donated, like, their, their big supply of, like, effectively props of, you know, their masks so and stuff terror- to actual like- healthcare settings. 
and actually, unfortunately, now we have come to learn that uh, COVID-19 can be also be transmitted by semen. So wear a mask and a prophylactic. It's okay, people. You should be doing that anyway. No, no. So my question, well, but again, like, it's also like, okay, sure, it can be transmitted in semen, but in the way that, that it, that semen, like, is shared, like, it's more of like the context of it. Like, I mean, was it like in you know, the situation where they just tested so, a semen sample? Because that's like, okay, sure, it's in semen. Like, I mean, we found that with Ebola too. But otherwise, like in general, the way to tra- like that semen would get on you to where it would be transmittable for this, like it doesn't, like, it, like it's like being transmitted by semen is like the least of your concerns because no like, people breathing methods, in close contact okay, with each other that's would get in contact with you be more likely to i overthink things and so i mean you really have to go with like kind of just like the reality of some of these jokes it's like well yeah sure it could be transmitted to semen but like that's the least of your concerns if you come in contact with semen and seeing your face as you're trying to hold in the laughing is the best i'm just thinking about all the methodologies that are in play and in this is just being recorded. I have to like just like maybe afterward just edit like, just a little bit of this and do a video and put this up on our Facebook. Um, like, Melissa taking sexual no, transmission of COVID way too seriously. And again, the whole point is that if yet like I mean, sec- if COVID is transferable sexually, then like it's really because of the physical contact. Like kind of like how like um, various things like um, herpes. Like I mean, it's skin contact with exposed skin. However, also most people that know that are regular watchers of and ruins everything knows that herpes is very common disease. So oh yeah, totally. But like I remember like uh being told before is like well basically the only way like kind of to prevent um like transmission of all like the STIs is basically you'd have to like you know kind of pull a garbage bag over yourself. <laughs> it's like oh get ready getting on the garbage bag. No, no 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 there's a great scene from <laughs> from family guy which is peter is going away on like some trip and says to meg if you're ever going if you're if you're going to be intimate with a a boy make sure that you wear a trash bag dad don't you mean a condom pulls out two things a condom and a trash bag hefty 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 wimpy 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 but actually so you see using a trash bag instead of a common would not be effective because trash bags are more porous than condoms I, i don't think anyone is really in danger of that happening thankfully if anyone like that decides to try to use a trash bag as a prophylactic, because it have- like because no, you get reports this all the time of people like like that you can't like um like you know that yes, we know people try to you we know people that tried to drink uh, bleach and all that yes and people honestly saran wrap as contraceptives that doesn't work like I mean like you say oh no no people do I I believe me I believe quite thoroughly in the utter stupidity of the human race. I'm just not going to spend that much time putting that much thought into it. Other than, you know, I, I really am worried about the race of like half garbage bag super monsters that we may have to start dealing with. In the and next also episode. like a garbage bag as a condom would just be like super uncomfortable thinking yes, as a woman. I, like I'm that not, would shave ridiculously. I'm never going to worry about uh, about the experience of that. I can say well, that. You, know, you put this out there and I just have to think through of the implications of everything is. It's like, okay, ha ha ha. It's like, no, well, okay, here's why I went. I, like, okay, listen. seriously, Trump needs you on his coronavirus tax force oh because <laughs> like, you will just be the one that will start interrupting him when he starts talking about drinking bleach and just going down the rabbit hole. The problem is anything you say, he will only hear about a third of it. And it will work its way into one of his briefings. I mean, this is like, this is for some reason, I'm blanking on the name of like my hero, uh, Dr. Fauci. Yeah, suddenly I had just blanking on, blanking on his name. He's already doing that. Like, mm-hmm. like Fauci is like, it's all of our heroes. Like, it's like he's standing up as much as he can and is like playing nice as much as he can so that like he won't be booted out for like stupidity. But like, I mean, dude, like, dude totally deserved Brad Pitt to be is to be the person to impersonate him on SNL. Like, Fauci could- He, he asked for he it and Brad Pitt delivered, which I, he is legally required to do. He did, he did do it. Yes, yes, I know, he was legally required to do it, so. Oh, yeah, and He's I mean, because kind of, it's like kind of a hero of American, uh, of of the American people, it's like, oh, hell yeah, he can choose a person as that. It's like, yeah. Speaking of Fauci, there's this like um, documentary, if you want to call it that, called Plandemic, which is like some like, <laughs> Oh, oh. Mm. you! I'm no. guessing both have heard of it. No. Oh no, no! I was. No. I haven't. I haven't watched it. Don't. 
Don't. Oh my God. So I can go on like a one hour. Like well, actually, no, what I did do about uh, an hour and a half ago, I was watching Dr. Mike's take on it. That, that is great. Yeah, I love Dr. Mike. He's the best. Yes. And so everyone, do not watch Plandemic, which I have not watched. I don't want to give it the click views and all that. But watch Dr. Mike's video, tearing it fucking down. Oh, my God. And I love Dr. Mike's video from uh, the other week when, like, the two, uh, the two ER, the two emergency doctors, who, uh, department doctors who, like, run, like, a, like, a kind of a urgent care clinic are like, oh, we think the range much, um, like, the percent of people who have it is so much higher than it's being reported, so we might as well just open up. And Dr. Mike just went through and, like, cut it down and, like, just pointed out every single logical fallacy they were making. And I was like, yes, just because people have medical degrees does not mean they know about um, epidemiology or actual like good research methods. And I mean, this is actually, this is why I have a job is because I'm the statistician data analyst for my department in the hospital because doctors like they know how to do like they know how to deliver babies. They know how to do surgeries. They don't know how necessarily how to use Excel. They don't know how to run statistical tests. They don't know necessarily how to organize their data collection, that sort of stuff. So that's why I have a job. And so every so often, one of the doctors will come and say, it's like, wow, I can't believe you can do this. And I always turn to them and go, you can deliver a baby. I can't do that. But anyway, but um, so this is why also a lot of doctors go on to do like their master's in public health. And the reason it is because it teaches them epidemiology, uh, medical epidemiology, but because there is a whole, whole lot of issues with doctors not having uh, statistic, um, st proper statistical literacy. And we see this all the time too, with going like the percent chances of, um, uh, of, 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 uh, false positive or like if they get a positive on the test uh, on a diagnostic test the likelihood that it's either a false positive false negative or accurate based on the prevalence of the population i mean this is like the big like any stats class whenever they go through um how to do um the uh the bayes equation um bayesian methods it's like um the very first thing they do is like they always bring an example of these diagnostic tests that medical professionals will do and it's like okay they're 90 percent chance accurate but then we also look at the population of the number who have who we know have the who we know have the the condition and who have either a positive or negative test. So you can kind of actually do it if someone gets a positive test, the likelihood that they actually have the disorder. So this is why secondary tests are important. But anyway, basically, doctors don't necessarily have like it's because it's not part of their training. It's like part of their training is like actually doing stuff with people like on like the actual medical stuff not statistics, not mathematics, not any of the stuff. And so that's why, you know, hire specialists or, yeah. Speaking of like false positives, false negatives, if you haven't already, look at the, uh, it was not the last one, but the one prior to this on XKCD of error types. Um, oh, I love that because I always run into issues with like forgetting which is type one and type two error because I just kind of mix them up in my head. I love, I love all the statistics, all this, all the statistics. Well, of course. We all know what a type nine error is now. The rise of Skywalker. Oh. Like I really tried. Like I loved. I I did. I really I loved the Force better. Awakens. I know people were not happy with that and go, "Oh, it's just a rehash of New Hope." It's like, yeah, but it's still awesome. Like I mean, and also I love now how that like how like girls have girls see representations of themselves in Star Wars. And I say this growing up, have like father big fantasy nerd. I grew up watching all the Star Wars. Uh, going stuff and I'd always and so my options when playing Star Wars as a little girl was always either Princess Leia or unnamed female Jedi and now like there's so but like I mean there's so many options that girls can do like play if they like want to play someone who's a girl. I will say something that's highly controversial I actually did like uh, Phantom Menace. Well so I, 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 I know the problems I know the problems with it I'm very cognizant but I know where George Lucas Lucas was actually trying. I knew what his, his intent was. Yeah. So. And, oh, I just found the error type. Oh my God. I love this. Oh, 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 oh. I love this. This is me looking up the XKCD. I love it. I'm going to share this. this is cool. Oh, incorrect results is like this. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't even care about the type nine. The first ones are just so great. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Uh, listeners, Melissa is bringing up on her phone XKCD and she. The error types. Yeah. And I'm just geeking out. I'm like statistics geeking out. Yeah, this is quite delightful to look at with her. Because oh. she's like just the joy on your face right now. Yeah, I appreciate sure of a Melissa of <laughs> combination of Melissa's joy right now and then Ben trying to hold in laughing earlier. 
However, for incorrect reasons. I love this. But I mean, I have I now miss my office decor because I've been working from home from since start <laughs> since early March. But it's like I have statistics poster decorations. There's oh, actually this really cool Etsy store which makes um, little stuffed animals or little stuffed plushies of different statistical distributions, and I so want them. They've like the full collection, I think, for about two hundred bucks, and it's like I want all of them so much because they're so cute. So listeners, if you ever need a favor from Melissa, this is how you get it. Get me. So it's a, so basically if you go to Etsy and just like Google statistics on there, like the shop will come up because it's the only, it's the biggest result that comes up because I've Googled. That's how I found my office decor. <laughs> because of XKCD though, like every now and then when someone wants me to say something I don't want to admit to, instead of saying like, I plead the fifth, I will say I plead the third. The right to not house soldiers in your house. I, yeah. I have a few principles, but I stick to them. So actually, in eighth grade, we had to do various projects about like kind of constitutional law and stuff where we were like assigned various things to do. And I actually had Amendment 3. And I had to come up with a, or no, I think I chose it too, because I'm an army brat. And like my father was still active duty when we went in eighth grade when we did this. And I was so excited about this, but I didn't want to actually say like the mil and like in my little scenario that I had to put together, I didn't want to actually say that the military was like trying to house people in their homes. Cause I felt that was kind of negative against the military and I didn't want to be negative against the military. And like, so I kind of made, I was in the um, U.S. Navy Sea Cadet Corps at the time. And so I made it that, okay, so like someone who ran like a youth organization like, um, like that, um, like a JROTC style or um, military um, kids program was trying to house people in a certain place and that were sued for that. Because that was the assignment. As someone who was actually once in JROTC, no one ever called it JROTC. No. I wasn't in, I, because I wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. I was in the Sea Cadets. You're a pretender making up your own terminology we call that stolen valor and that's bad i'm not doing that i'm just like i do like i wasn't in jrotc or whatever it is or how however you refer to it you lost this one you lost this round just, just admit it and move on yeah sure i wasn't in it but, but it also no, might be you also are too. we have might have also been regional that they didn't call it that they might have called it jrotc where you were but jrotc and other locations where i was because i have heard it called jrotc like around me and they would be wrong Again, I think that might be regional differentiation differences. Nope, because as New York goes, so goes the country. Oh, there you go. That's what you guys want to tell yourselves. Hey, Andrew Cuomo has become like America's governor right now. So yeah, yeah. but no, but no, but there's so much regionalism in the like, who care about Andrew Cuomo are the ones that are sending him masks, and that's because we think he needs them because we pity him. What? Did you didn't see this? A farmer from from uh, I think it was in the Leavenworth area had an extra 95 mask and, you know, saw one of his briefings and said, you know what, I don't need this anymore. You take it. It was a very nice moment. And actually, yeah, then because he donated he them. Yeah. But we also, he also donated the masks. Well, yeah. At, yeah. Because Andrew yeah. doesn't need them. No, I'm, I'm confused anyway, of the intention, like the intention behind the comment. Are, like, are you saying like he did that actually as a jab at Andrew Cuomo? Because I thought it was just no, like... No, no. Ben is trying to take a jab at New York and... Oh, uh, okay. And, and just went and right over my head. Yeah. And it didn't work. Yeah, I yeah. think it did. No, it didn't because see, uh, let's let's uh, calculate. I got confused because I'm aware of the story, but I was like, "What's why? Why? Are, what? Like, was that?" Saying, we're here backing y'all up. Okay. You know what you mean. We're there. Uh, let's let's calculate. Hey, uh, uh, let's you want to? Uh, how about we calculate GDPs uh, from our states? Yes, you're a larger state. We know that. Mm-hmm. And we also produce more. So at this point, you are just pulling New York's entire dick out to wave around. <laughs> It's not the so, size that counts, it's how you use it. I have family in New York. Like my cousins are currently like quarantined on Long mm-hmm. Island. Which is where I am right now. Yeah. Wait, wait. So the Hamptons are part of Long Island, right? Unfortunately. Okay, yeah. Well, apparently my aunt, uh, the aunt they have, they live in NYC, but they also have their house in um, Hampton Bays, which when I first time I went there, they were like, oh, yes, yes. But this is the lowest of the Hamptons. Mm. At least classy of the Hamptons. I would argue that or West Hampton. That's just what I say, because usually, because usually how it is with my family is that we'll go down, like for Passover, we will go to their house in the Hamptons and have our Seder there, which we did virtual this year. And they come up to Massachusetts for Thanksgiving. Solid. We didn't do anything for Easter. It was just, we did watch uh, Mass uh, on TV, which I could really get used to doing that, like having a cup of coffee, sitting on my couch, uh, on my cell phone, while hearing Cardinal Dolan preach, you know, that was pretty good. No, so I love this too, because like in 
I have like at least twice a month have 7.30 a.m. meetings because doctors uh, and I meet with them. And it's been, I've loved it because I can still like now 7.30, I just have to make sure I'm up and out because I can just put put it on like there, uh, put it on and like do my exercise, like unload the dishwasher, like do all sorts of stuff around the house still getting ready. And I, because I don't have to like leave my house at 6.30 to get to work. Yeah, I will say I have slept a lot better because, you know, wake up just around nine o'clock, you know, and just basically I can pull up my email from my phone because that's how I communicate with everyone. And if there's nothing going on, then I get to be a little bit more lazy, you know, but, you know, I'm able to bring up like my whole platform on my iPad, all while not wearing pants. Well, yeah, you see, so this is a situation for me because I have fibromyalgia, I was set up to work remotely already when I needed to like on bad pain days when it was like okay getting physically getting into the office will be difficult but like I can still do work like sometimes it's just like if it's just a really bad flare-up day it's like no I can't even think I just need to sleep but a lot of times it's just more of if it's a bad pain day I just like can wake up normal time uh take my dose of pain meds and then go back to sleep for an hour and I'm okay going and I'm okay working after that uh, but then I'd be like, if I then physically went in, I'd be like two hours late. And then I would have to also like, and probably the physical demands of me going in late would probably make it kind of the pain situation worse. So to me, this kind of feels like kind of an extended fibromyalgia flare in a way, like, cause that's like, oh yeah, I don't leave the house for ages at a time. If like, I'm having like a lot of real bad pain. So it's been kind of weird for me to kind of get that in head because it's like, well, I was set up to be able to do this like really well. Like I leave the house, like I try only once every other week to go like grocery shopping. I try to do fortnightly shops rather than like every week to decrease it. But like, I'm also in a shared house and one of my housemates uh, works at a um, group home. So she's <laughs> a essential worker. She still goes into work. Um, she has to. And two of my housemates are now unemployed, which thankfully Massachusetts has been really good with the, um, with the um, unemployment so one of my housemates is fur is is furloughed and she was told immediately oh hey apply for unemployment that you're good to go with that uh, the other one was oh, wait so wait so your state does not use COBOL uh for its unemployment programming <laughs> no no <laughs> yeah uh say in new jersey they were using COBOL. like and apparently so do so apparently so do another a lot of other states, including me. I think New York uses it for some of it, but then we upgrade to uh, using Google Cloud. So we're good. But I mean, it does make sense because like, I mean, if the, per like, this is why XP was like, and still, and even like older than that, like Windows N something was being used for like, a lot of yeah, like ATMs and all sorts of stuff, because it's like, well, the program still works. We don't need it. To, we don't need to run anything else on that. So we might as well just keep using it, which is why it was such a big deal when Microsoft was like, oh, yeah, we aren't supporting this stuff anymore. You have to upgrade your operating system. And why, like, all sorts of business who have been using this for years. It's like, well, like, because the COBOL thing is like, if it worked sufficiently under normal circumstances, like, yeah, sure. Why spend the money? Like, because they'd also get criticism if they had spent the money to redo the system and have it, like, done, like, in a new programming thing. People would say, hey, if the old one works, why are you throwing all this money at a new one? When the old one works perfectly fine. And if you go say, well, it's really outdated and stuff. It's like, no, you're going to get pushback about like, why are you spending millions of dollars on making a new, on like changing the computer system for this when we have one that works? Actually, uh, Melissa, I just sent you in uh, Facebook Messenger the uh, XKC to about the Balmer peak, which is about the ratio by which of programmers' blood alcohol level and their skill of programming. I want to see this. Is this being really slow to open up? Open link. You will thoroughly enjoy it. And this is older. Okay, I'll, there will probably be a or a spoiler warning after Melissa sees this. Wait, how does? Just read the end of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> dear, so listeners, the Balmer peak is basically this ratio wherein it will continuously go down uh, with skills of programming, even, and then suddenly it'll reach near expert level. Uh, and so someone asks, has this ever actually been used before? And so the, the person reporting on this says, do you remember Windows ME? And the person says, I know it. I knew it. Yeah. But they say, yeah, because the previous one is, it's a delicate effect requiring careful calibrations because you can't just give a team co of coders a year's supply of whiskey and tell them to get cracking. 
Because so after, so I just finished my first like data analytics class with R and the coding. And so I can actually kind of, and had to do a little bit of coding for that. And I can actually see it because at that point when you have a little, enough blood in your thing, it's like, you're just going, ah, oh, fuck it. Like this will work. This is fine. I don't care. Yeah. So like, you don't have to worry about, will this work? You don't recheck everything. It's like, yep. Yeah, okay. It worked. Cool. We're good to go. I will say I actually, um, well, so for a while I was doing a lot of like weird programming jobs under uh, TaskRabbit. Uh, when I was just doing freelance work, got hired by one guy to geocode like a list of, I think it was like a hundred something uh, ER addresses. Well, luckily it all, I had already written and open sourced on the site called Snippler, this code base on how to take, use a Google Maps API to then generate latitude and longitude. Well, that's so, kind of a common thing though as well. Like, I think yeah. that's like a common assignment, like just for even classwork. Well, this is like, this is from back in 2010. Oh. I mean, it was not, not as big and people did not know about using the API and all that. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And also this also when uh, the API, uh, you actually didn't have to get a key and you weren't restricted and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. basically I had to write the little function in, I wrote in PHP, which I will, the hill I will die on, PHP is better than Ruby and Python because it uses C-level, C-style programming or oh, uh, syntax. I have no idea what's been said for the last five minutes. And I have, like, and I just, I have no opinion. I don't really use Python or that. I did learn yeah. C++ back in, like, high school and I did AP Computer Science. But no, Ben, this is why we get along so well because we can, like, well, jab at each other, but, like, I understand <laughs> what he's saying. But, yeah, so, like, over the course of, like, two glasses of wine, I knocked this thing out. So, like, I was able to get through this entire project of geocoding in maybe an hour less. Yeah, and uh, it's because the because I, I wrote a simple like a uh, for loop that just went through uh, each of them, ran ran the script, generated the uh, everything. I emailed back to the guy. I got paid two fifty. It was great. Sure. Yeah. No. And the reason that bit of alcohol there meant that you didn't give a shit, and so it's like, okay, I'm not going to try to make this perfect. It's like, yep, that works. Cool. So this is coding unchained. <laughs> The dark, hard partying side of coding. Hey, I went to a nerd school for college where there was like with a huge like engineering and computer science program. So it's like, yes, I've been around many of these conversations. And so like, do you I honestly, I, I, band and then you know create an app. Sorry. So I'm getting this image of like somebody at a frat party doing a headstand and then developing an app. I'm pretty sure that has happened at my school. Yeah. Uh, so, University of Texas yeah. Dallas aims to be the MIT of the South. So if we decide we need an app for this podcast. You know what app know I what want you to do? You know what app I want to be developed? What do you want to develop? be aware of this. I want it to use the API for the uh, Google Live Transcribe option that's there. And I want an app to be put together so that we can utilize that to help make people be able to put captioning using that API to um, to like any online video conference or in person because right now what I've been doing like this is a big thing that we've been trying to do with various disability caucuses and the workaround that I've gotten for our Massachusetts meetings because for our disability caucus we do work like we were already set up to do virtual only I'm actually working on our uh, charter and bylaws and I'm going to add on to it it's like there must even if there like there must always be a virtual component of our meetings even if there's an in-person component to there must always be because I've been like, since I've been in charge, we've done, um, we had one in person, but that was because we were doing a workshop and we had, and we were able to get a setting uh, that, that facilitated that. But we also stream, we also had it so that people could take part online as well. But so you're going to be very happy when you're, uh, when you're all done with your little rant, you'll be very happy with some discovery I made on uh, this past yeah. Friday. Because what I've been doing is I've been using the Google um, Live Transcribe phone app, which is kind of annoying. Like, I mean, it works decent enough, but like it doesn't have, like it's image only and it, you can't make any changes to it and you can't like upload <coughs> it afterwards. But what I'll do is I'll put it on my phone because it only works on the phone. And then I'll uh, put my phone on my computer screen because now they have the awesome connect to PC. So I don't have to use a data cable for that anymore. Uh, and um, we share the screen on Zoom and we have captioning. So what is exciting? Oh, I'm excited. Where are you working on? What are you working on? It's gonna make me excited. So I accidentally joined a Google Meet. Uh, it was supposed to be, so it was weird. I got an invite for a Zoom meeting uh, the other night. And for some reason, the link to a Google Meet was instead included also. 
And so I destroyed that, as did a few other people, and then we learned it was Zoom. But while we were doing that, they actually have a closed captioning button that uses the live transcribe and does all that stuff. So, so I know there was a captioning. So when I've looked into it, I believed, though, I thought that was for their paid version only. Oh, uh, this was free. Really? I'm going to look into that. So yeah, Google, that but, uh, yeah, Google Meet, of course, there's going to be, like, pricing coming in September and all that. Yeah, because that's the only, because that's the, because that has been suggested to me. Google, uh, and, and I was like, okay. The, I caption, the captioning was actually really good. Uh, yeah, because exactly. It actually, and that was it my went back because it will go, it'll, so Google Meet will actually go back, like, if it, it will, like, constantly be checking itself. So you'll see every now and then it'll, like, uh, backspace itself with the captions and, like, correct itself. It is. Right, yeah, but that's awesome. But, like, the idea here, my concern is, like, I thought, because they even have it for, like, the G Suite edition. Like, it's $6 for basic. This was yeah. a completely free thing that was somehow accidentally created by Google, like, when they Did sent out this calendar invite. Can you, like, email me? whatever it is so I can look into it to see because otherwise if that is something that's freely available like because <laughs> when I look onto it it looks like it costs money like it's like mm -hmm. yeah it's a good thing but the whole idea is that we want it free mm -hmm. I will do what I can I think yeah, it was so like a weird fluke thing but love it because mm -hmm. I because like the big thing is I just want to make sure that we have it set up so that it's a free thing because as we know like because like anything in our Massachusetts that we do it's like okay can we spend no money on this because that's the money we have yeah, unless I just sent it to you. It looks Yay! like it's, just, it's built into Google Meet. Yeah, no, but my concern is everything that I've seen with Google Meet when I've gone to try to sign up for it, it's like, oh, and you need to buy a subscription. It's, uh, no, there's a free until September, and then you have to buy the subscription. See, so. that's the issue, is the free thing. It's like, yay, that's great for now, but, like, September, like, the I... whole point is we don't want to, is, like, we want this to be a free captioning option, because that's really the big thing for, the big issue for, um, a lot of like live captioning is that it's really expensive. Like you have a person, a person, like a human-based live captioning, that's like three hundred bucks an hour, typically. Well, you can get yes, it cheaper. But, yeah, but like, yeah. I, I, there's nothing I can really do on that one. Okay, I, they're a company. They're out to make money. You know, it's called capitalism. It's been yeah, around no, for a long I, time. And I'm just saying, it's like, yeah, this is cool, but this is a concern that I have and about. Also, Furiosa, as we all know, is a CIA agent who is dead set on making sure that capitalism is survives. I'm pretty sure, though, again, she'd be MI6. She's Scottish. I got her when I was living in Scotland and brought her back to the U.S. with me. They knew you would be there. This is a deep game they play, Melissa. You got to stay woke. Do they have, like, a cat recruiting station in Dundee, Scotland? I think you're fully aware that they do. Like, it's really just, like, it's just more impressive that they would have, like, you know, American embassy, embassy presence in Dundee because it's only in it's in Edinburgh and Glasgow. Are you really surprised that the CIA would like have a presence literally anywhere in the world? Well, no, but the primarily like the like kind of American consulate presence is primarily in Scotland. It's primarily Edinburgh and uh, Glasgow. So we're not talking about the consulate. Well, yeah, but that's where there's kind of American bases and stuff. I mean, I know there is joint work. They're all so the job of the CIA is to gather intelligence. They're not going to get that from a consulate. They're going to get that from on the ground. Yeah, so they have like so, and the UK has like MI5, MI6. They'll use utilize that. Yeah, and they do that also just by going into just like na regular neighborhoods and just talking to the folks and developing that rapport. Why? Like, you know what I'm you saying? Never know, like, you never know who the CIA, who, who knows what. You don't know who knows what. Furiosa, okay, Furiosa's coming over here and is going to say something. Come here, Fur. Jump up here. No, no furry. Okay. No, she's she is meowing though. And purring. Yeah, and because not a spook. she's trying to, she's trying to, she won't blow her cover, duh. I don't care. She's a spy. I love her. Ooh, that's actually, actually, kind of uh, really cool. There's a um, Ian Mc, uh, Ian McEwen book called um, might be Honeypot. I'm blanking on what uh, Project Honeypot or something, but it's basically kind of around like people around with the like kind of the um, MI5 or six um, doing some kind of covert stuff, and people fall in love. And don't care that they're programming. See, there's Furiosa saying hi. You can kind of see her in the window. So basically, it's the entire plot line of The Americans. I haven't seen The Americans. I know I need to, but I didn't have FX for a while. They filmed an episode right outside my apartment building once. That was kind of cool. Well, I mean, you live in New York. They film stuff like everywhere. Yeah, especially right around my apartment building. Like I was watching uh, Bugless Brooklyn. The fun. So this is a fun fact: the exterior shots of their like detective agency and all that. That's right across the street from my apartment building. So literally, the, where their detective agency would be is my apartment building. 
Then the like spoiler alert, the house that uh the main protagonist played by Edward Norton's bequeathed and all that is actually supposed to take place in the town I currently am in where my family has a summer house. Wait, look out. That my cat I think is tr- about to show you all her butthole. I feel like that is kind of a good stopping point, isn't it? <laughs> and she just took a screenshot because <laughs> by stuffing on the computer. And you still won't believe that she's an agent. This is I all... believe that, like, I, like, I'm saying I don't care if she's an agent. It oh. has no impact on you. Furry, don't chew that. Sorry, I've got a lot of thread around with all the masks that I'm making. But, See, I mean, she's trying to be cute this way that she, you will not let on that she's actually a CIA agent. Yeah, I don't care if she's a CIA agent. She's perfectly welcome to do that. Heck, maybe she could pay for some of her catnip. Oh, you think she's gonna share the money with you? No, yes, no. she loves me. Oh, my family. My family is very certain that the person who baptized me, who was a Jesuit priest, was a CIA agent. That's cool. And uh, again, a human. But also, who would suspect a priest to wearing the Roman collar? I mean, that's why they cute. But yeah, oh, you'll get fur fur. She's being very cute. Um. And I'm pretty sure one of my uh, high school math teachers was also a, is, works as a CIA. Uh, CIA. Uh, I've asked him, of course, he uh, gave a non-answer. Yeah. Oh, no, so, I know people, who, I, I know that people who I went to school with have worked for the CIA or various federal institutions like that because my, uh, one of my uh, professors like would talk about that he would be contacted by them for like references all the time. But yeah, so I think now that we saw Furiosa's butthole, that is a good way to end. Did actually see the butthole? No. I don't think so. I think she got like her hiney got right up to it, but she didn't. Okay, we don't need to dig into that. You know, I say it's because, of course, she like at night when she curls up with me and gets comfortable, she shows her happiness by putting her butthole like right in her face. We know this about you now. All of our listeners do. We are enriched. Kitty cats. That's what kitty cats show the butthole when they're happy. Our theme music is for by. We're learning things now. And now I'm trying to do the outro, and of course, we still want to talk about Melissa's cat's butthole. Well, because if kitty cats are like, basically, it's they're showing their back to you, which means that they completely trust you. And she does it while happily purring, too. Our theme music, our theme music is produced by Alexander Nakamrata. (laughs) Continue. What, you don't think that we actually have theme music? No, no, I'm laughing at like the segue, and now let's do the credits. (laughs) Desperately trying to. I try to make sure that we also, that our, that Alexander Nakamrata gets the credit that he deserves. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. And he does this, and he, all of his music is put up royalty free, is all open source. He deserves the credit that he, uh, that he gets because he's not making any money off of us using his uh, music. I've been Seamus Campbell. I've been Ben Cohen. And we've been joined by Melissa Shapiro. Hi. And Furiosa. And Furiosa. And, and her butthole. <laughs> Stay safe, everyone. Yeah, and as I at one point yelled during every single YDA meeting, I got to pee, so it's been great chatting with y'all. It's not a YDA meeting if I'm not at one point running down the hallway between sessions yelling, I need to pee so that people get out of my way so I can get to the bathroom. Stay safe, everyone. Uh, Yep, use masks and social distance. All right.